just talk about labels for just a second. The youth ministry, the students actually spent last Wednesday night talking about labels and the different labels that are put on them. So I thought this morning, I think the best way to kind of go back uh, and talk about labels for all of us is for all of us to kind of venture back, to journey back into our high school years where labels were a really big deal. And I thought I'd just take a little bit of a survey here this morning and kind of see what kind of crowds that we have here represented in this first service of what kind of labels were put on you or maybe you put on yourself when you were in high school. So let me just do that. How many of you would say that you were a part of, I'm just going to call it the jock crowd, okay, the jock crowd, kind of athlete, sports, somebody's really excited back there, yeah, I see you, uh, kind of the, the jock crowd, only a couple jocks in the room, all right, how many of you would say you weren't a part of the jock crowd, but you were part of the kind of the music crowd, maybe you were in some type of music, band geek, you know, something like that, my wife actually calls herself a band geek, okay, so uh, three or four of you, how many of you would say you were a part of, I'm just going to call it the preppy crowd, okay, kind of a preppy crowd, that was me, okay, I was a kind of a mix of jock slash preppy, okay, couple of you, how many of you would say that you were a part of, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to do you well here, you were a part of the smart crowd, raise your hands, you're part of the smart crowd, okay, I didn't say nerds, but that's what I meant, okay, and so, yeah, the smart crowd, the people who studied a lot and that we made fun of, and now they all make more money than any of us, right, the, the, the smart crowd that, that was there. And then how many of you would say, I didn't really have a label uh, in high school. I was kind of a part of the non-label crowd, okay? Many of you. Wow, most of you. My favorite label in high school were the ones that would call themselves non-conformist, okay? They would say, I don't have a label, and, you know, we're not like those other people. But the funny thing about them was that they all dressed exactly alike. And so I was like, you're not a part of a crowd, but you're a part of a crowd, you know, that kind of thing. So these labels that define us, really the truth is when you think back to high school, you can think back to many more different labels even that I mentioned, and what you think about almost instantly when you think of the different labels on people is you think about what they wore. And if you close your eyes and you picture a jock in high school, you've got a certain outfit in mind. If you close your eyes and you picture a preppy uh, person, which is, isn't it funny how clothes work, like the things that were cool in high school are probably not cool, you know, to wear anymore. But you've got that picture of what cool looks like, what the kids at the cool lunch table dress like. You've also got the picture of, you know, the cheerleaders. You've got the picture of the smart people, usually some kind of a calculator there and, you know, some pen sticking out or something, you know, like you've got all of those kind of pictures, but what I want to describe to you here this morning is that the truth is what we wear actually still defines us, and it defines us not just in the labels that we have, but it defines us in the kind of work that we do. We have work uniforms. Now, there's all different kind of work uniforms when you think about labeling people. And thinking, speaking about work uniforms, how many of you have ever had to wear a work uniform that you were embarrassed to put on? Come on. Come on, somebody. You, you've had to wear a work uniform of some kind that you were embarrassed to put on. There's all kinds of those work uniforms. Doctors. You think of doctors. What do you, what do you think of? They wear the white coats. You know, they've got the white coats. And there's something about if the doctor doesn't come into the room with a white coat, you just feel a little more nervous, don't you? Like, did you really get a degree because you're not wearing the coat, you know? And Or, or a police officer, you know, there's, it, it is kind of interesting or even difficult to talk to an undercover police officer or uh, a police officer that's not in uniform. There's something about 
the uniform that distinguishes them as a police officer. Or, or maybe it's a businessman or businesswoman. You've got a picture of what they would wear. The truth is that we all wear uniforms at our job, and, and I'm, I kind of create confusion when it comes to my role as a pastor because we live in a very uh, Catholic-driven city, and so uh, when people meet me, they don't know exactly you know, what to call me because they're like, wait, shouldn't you have a, a collar thing on, and, and uh, shouldn't we be calling you priest? And, and uh, I say, no, you know, this is my work outfit. You know, this is what I wear. But we are all distinguished in different ways according to what we wear at our jobs. And what if I told you that there was an outfit, a uniform, a dress code that God actually has for us, that God wants us to distinguish our work and the way that we go to work by a certain uniform that he asks us to put on, by a a certain dress code that he asks us to wake up every day when we go into our jobs and to wear this specific uniform, this specific dress code that will change the way that we work and will change the interaction that we have with our employees. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17 actually says this. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves. So here we go. That's our uniform. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now this book that Paul is writing, you may not know who Paul is, some of you may know him as St. Paul, but Paul is actually just a guy that was really important in New Testament history, and what he did is he actually started all of these different churches, and he not only started them, he kept in touch with them, and he would write them kind of as their leader, kind of off-site, and he would write them letters, and this, this particular letter that he's writing is to a church that's located in a city called Colossae. And Colossae is just uh, a city that's actually in modern-day Turkey. It's, it really was a city. And there was a church there, and these people were known as the Colossians, the Colossian people. And he's writing them, and this letter is basically framed uh, as, I want to help make sure that your behavior actually matches your beliefs, that what you are wearing actually matches what you say you believe. And so he's trying to help address this, and he goes right in in chapter 3 by talking about what we are supposed to wear when it comes to the interaction of our relationships. Now, this isn't just the workplace. This is our interaction in church settings. This is our interaction at school. This is our interaction in our families. This is all kinds of relational interaction that we have. But how many of you know the place that sometimes can be the most difficult in our interactions, in our relationships, can be our jobs, right? It's the place, am I alone here, right? Like, it's the place where it can be sometimes the most difficult to put on the right uniform, 
So here's what he says. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The message version actually says it like this. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. And we all know that the, the clothes that we wear are reflected, and the, cho- the clothes that we choose to wear actually reflect what we are doing, and it actually reflects the person that we are. And he says, since, or therefore, he says, I want you to do this right away. Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever showed up at your jobs? You've ever showed up, or not even at your jobs. How many of you have ever showed up to an event, and you were either underdressed or overdressed. Raise your hands if you've ever had that happen. That's like, isn't that kind of a freak out moment? Isn't that kind of like, where can I go? Do I have to stay? How many of you, I'm just going to take a dead honest survey in the room. How many of you have ever ran back home quickly to change? Raise your hands if you've ever done that. Come on, I've done that. I'm raising my hand. How many of you have ever seen what you could add to your wardrobe or take off your wardrobe and tried to change there quickly? Come on. How many of you have ever, like, borrowed something from a friend, say, hey, can I borrow that jacket that you're wearing, you know? So what, we, what do we do? Well, we instantly, when we realize we're dressed the wrong way for the event that we are attending, what do we do? We instantly try to fix it. We instantly try to correct it. And what Paul is saying is, hey, you're wearing, some of you are wearing the wrong clothes right now. And you got to get this fixed as quickly as possible. He says there's a new you, so there's got to be a new uniform. There's a new you, so there's got to be a new uniform. And then he walks us through what that new uniform is supposed to look like. He starts with this. He says, uh, first of all, that we are supposed to be clothed with compassion. Everybody say compassion. Now, here's what I want you to do as I go into these different traits. I want you to think about get a particular coworker or boss in your mind, okay, or employee if you are a boss. And what I want you to do is it maybe is not a present coworker or boss or, or employee. It could be someone from the past or it could be someone right now that you are dealing with. How many of you know every workplace has that person, right? And, and so get that person in your mind, and as we walk through these, what do you mean by that person? Well, the annoying one, the one that is, is never actually doing what they're supposed to do, the one that uh, is mean, hard, mean and, and hard-hearted, the one that literally can't even seem to break a smile when they come into work, the one that will cuss you out in a the flat minute, I mean, just really quickly just get upset with you, the one that you know lies and they, they, they were not sick yesterday, and because they lied, you had more work yesterday. Come on, somebody. So it's, it's that person, that annoying coworker, that annoying boss or employee that you've had in your past or in your present. Get that person in your mind, and now let's go into the uniform that we're supposed to be wearing, and not just with the people that we like, but with the people that are actually a little more difficult. So let's start with compassion. What is compassion? Compassion is simply concern or empathy over the misfortune or pain of others. It's concern or empathy over the misfortune or pain of others. So in other words, it's being able to look at somebody and go, 
I know he's having a bad day and he's taking it out on all of us here at work. I know she's having a, a rough month right now and they're taking it out of, on all of us at work, but I'm going to look past their behavior and I'm going to co- have compassion on their life circumstance. Hello? I'm going to be able to look at them and say, I know you're, you're aggressive. I know you're mean. I know you're sad. I know you're not working with integrity right now. I know that you're actually being kind of annoying to the rest of us. But the truth is, I want to look past that, and I want to look at your situation. I, w- I don't want to just look at what you're doing. I want to look at what you're going through. Hello? That's compassion. The ability to look at someone and have empathy and concern over what they're facing. And then we're told to put on kindness. Now, kindness is actually shown in, it's expressed in attitude and deed. Attitude and deed. Everybody say attitude and deed. How many of you know you can do a nice deed for somebody with a bad attitude? Come on. How many of you have ever, your wife or your husband has asked you to do something, and you've done it, but you did not have a good attitude about it? Hello? Yes. Will you get me some water right as you're ready to get into bed? You know, we, it, it's that, because it, kindness is not just what we do, it's how we do it. It's, it's attitude and deed. Somebody once said that kindness is compassion in action. It's compassion in action. Ka- kindness can be played out, especially in the workplace, in a lot of different ways. It can be played out instead of going to the copy machine how many of you raise your hands if you have a copy machine at work, okay, that produces copies? Okay, that's usually what copy machines do. And, and so, and, and you go to that copy machine, and you arrive at the copy machine, and there's always somebody that prints out their stuff and doesn't pick it up, right? And so then you got to weed through all their stuff to get to, you know, and, and, and so kindness and compassion for that person is not saying, what the, why, they always do this, I'm so mad, and you know what, I'm going to teach them a lesson this time, and I'm going to throw what they printed in the trash, and let them print that again, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to go beyond that, I'm going to wrinkle it up and throw it in the trash, and that'll teach them, okay, or I'm going to leave them a note that says, please pick up your stuff if you print, because you are an annoying person, okay, like, like, That's not kindness. That's not compassion. Here would be kindness. Here would be compassion. Somebody's having a hard day or somebody's just forgetful, okay? And so they didn't pick up their stuff. Here's an act of kindness. I'm going to take their stuff to their desk and kindly not slam it on their desk. Here's your junk. Do better next time. I'm going to kindly say, hey, just wanted to grab your stuff for you. That's an act of kindness. It's a smile. It's a pat on the back. It's inviting that person to lunch or to sit with the rest of you at the lunch table. There are lots of ways to play out kindness in your job, in your school, in your relationships. But I want you to think of that compassion that then turns into kindness. The third trait that Paul gives us is humility. Humility. Humility is... Somebody said humility is thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking less of yourself. If, you, if you're humble, that doesn't mean you have a self-esteem problem, okay? It doesn't mean like, oh, I'm humble, like I'm terrible, I'm awful, I'm no good, I'm a nobody. That's not at all what humility means. Humility doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. It means thinking of yourself less. It means putting other people first. It means lifting other people up above yourself. 
it means when you're at the conference table and what you really want is somebody to brag on the work that you've done recently, it means you choosing to brag on somebody else's work that they've done. It means giving them the credit even though they did a quarter of the work and you did 75% of it. That is humility. It is not I'm thinking of my of less of myself. It is I'm thinking of myself less. I'm lifting other people up. I'm giving praise where it's due. And I'm I'm humbly approaching my coworkers, my boss, the people that I have in my life. The fourth trait that he goes into is this word that we're going to call gentleness gentleness now this there's some confusion over this word gentleness really and gentleness i'm going to describe it as strength under control strength under control sometimes people view gentle people as people that are unassertive or uh they're just not willing to kind of you know, do what needs to be done and lead the charge and confront and do all. That's not gentleness. You can be a very assertive pe- person and do it gently, okay? Gentleness is strength under control. There are two objects when you think of gentleness that I want you to think about. One of them is a soothing wind. Well, how many of you know wind has power, right? Like wind is powerful, but there is such a thing as soothing wind. How many of you have ever had a, a hot day and wind felt good when it came across, right? Not recently here in New Orleans, but, but you know, that, that soothing wind, there's, there's still power, but it's power under control, okay? And then the other thing that, the object that I want you to think of as you think of, of gentleness is healing medicine, okay? There's medicine that you can take that is actually very powerful. It provides healing, but it's strength under control. And so it's this ability not to be weak. You can be strong and be gentle, but it's this strength under control where I'm going to be gentle with my relationships. I'm going to be gentle with my boss. I'm going to be gentle even when I do need to be assertive and need to confront someone and need to do all of that. I'm going to have gentleness in my approach in the way that I do that. And then the fifth trait that Paul gives is Patience. Patience. And patience actually describes an emotional state of calm in the face of being provoked or being in an unfavorable circumstance. Now, some of you say, I was really patient today. Today was a good day for my patience. But the truth might be, you weren't provoked today. Okay? You weren't in an unfavorable circumstance today. So, how many of you know? It's pretty easy to be patient when you're not provoked. And the question is not, are you patient when you're unprovoked? The question is, when you are provoked, do you have patience? I'll use the illustration that I always go back to, okay? When somebody cut you off on I-10, did you have patience? Were you filled with kindness? Did you want to Give them a coffee, okay? Did you want to, were you filled with compassion when you you said, oh, they must really be in a hurry because they've got some type of maybe an emergency that they're trying to get to to get home? Did you have any of those kinds of thoughts when they cut you off? I'm guessing probably not, okay? And so patience is when I am provoked and I actually have a reason to be upset and a reason not to be humble, a reason not to be gentle, a reason not to be kind, a reason not to have you know, strength under control, 
when I am provoked, can I remain patient in those troubled waters? Hello? When I'm provoked and I'm in that unfavorable circumstance, can I actually remain calm and be in a state of emotional calmness in my life even though I am being provoked right now? That's, that's patience. And I just have to tell you, look this way, this is a hard skill to learn, right? It is a hard skill because what do we as human beings naturally do well? We defend ourselves and then we justify our actions, don't we? And here's the issue. The issue is you can be right about your opinion but be wrong in the way that you handled it. And you lose your power when you do that. Hello? You actually lose the ability to actually control yourself and maintain a sense of calm. You can be right and be wrong at the exact same time. But if you can learn to extend patience, all of a sudden you can, you can work with that when it comes to your interpersonal relationships at work. So Paul is saying, here's what I want you to do. When you put on clothes, new you, new uniform. And when you put on those clothes, as you go to work, in your families, at, at church, in your relationships at school, I want you to have these traits. I want you to have compassion, gentleness, kindness, patience, I want you to put on, and humility, I want you to put on those things as you wake up in the morning. And then he continues in these next verses. Let's look at what else he says. Bear with each other and, let's say that word together, and forgive one another. That's the word. Forgive. Everybody say forgive. And forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What does it mean to bear with each other? It means to put up with each other. It means to put up with each other's insecurities, to put up with each other's uh, weaknesses, to put up with each other's personalities. It means we actually are called, Paul is saying, here's what I'm telling you to do. Y'all got to learn to put up with each other better. And here's what I remember as I'm trying to put up with somebody. I'm also remembering that somebody else is trying to put up with me, right? That I'm not only putting up with somebody else, they're putting up with me. And so if they can extend grace and kindness to me, that I've got to extend grace and kindness to them. I'm, we're putting up with each other. You're putting up with that person that you have in your brain, that coworker, that boss, that employee that you have in your brain right now that is the most, that just literally drives you to prayer every day of your life. You're thinking of that person and you're saying, I'm going to learn to bear with that person, to put up with that person. And one of the ways that I do that is to forgive. Everybody say forgive. Forgive what? Forgive everything. Forgive misunderstandings. Forgive bad attitude. Forgive confrontation that took place at the job. To forgive each other means that we, first of all, as Christ followers, those of you that say, I am a Jesus follower, here's the news for you. God has called you to forgive others. You know why? Because he forgave you first. And anytime we hold grudges against other people at work or anywhere else, what we're actually saying is, God, I don't actually understand the concept of forgiveness, which means I don't understand how you've forgiven me. 
because I can't extend that out to other people. It's now it's not the question of did they do you wrong? They probably did do you wrong. I'll just go ahead and agree with you. I'll get in your corner on this. You were done wrong, man. They they shouldn't have done what they did. You, you were you were done so wrong. Now let's move past that. They did me wrong into I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to forgive them. So the way that I kind of looked at it, and I know it's a little cheesy, but it just helps me kind of flow throughout the sermon, is God called us to put on those traits, Paul named those five traits, and then bearing with each other and forgiving one another is like how we wear the outfit. And I'll just, I'll just say it like this. It's the difference between a really wrinkled shirt and a really nicely ironed shirt, okay? A really wrinkled shirt or a really nicely ironed shirt. So what, here's what Paul's saying. Hey, Here's the five things. Here's the outfit. Now here's the way you iron the outfit. Bear with one another and forgive one another. But there's one last thing that he talks about. And over all these virtues put on, over all these virtues put on, what's that word? Love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Here's what I'll say. Here's love. Love is that incredible accessory that you added to your outfit. I'm talking to the ladies, okay? Love is that perfect purse that you got. Love is that perfect pair of sunglasses that just literally is like, yes, this just makes the whole thing. Now, y'all are like, you're so weird, Pastor. Why are you saying this? Love is that, it's that extra thing that literally is like, it just makes the whole thing complete. It all comes together with Love. Everybody say love. And love really is a summary of the rest of it. Love actually is a summary of gentleness and kindness and compassion and humility. Love is, is a summary of all of that. Love is a summary of forgiving other people. It's a summary of bearing with each other, bearing with other people. Love is the summary of that. Now, what I just described, although some of you are like, yeah, this is no big deal. I got this. I didn't even need this morning's sermon. Uh, pastor, I mean, really, I do all of those things already every day, all the time. I'm all that in a bag of chips, okay? Like, that's the way some of you are looking at me here today. But uh, I, what I would love to do is interview the coworkers and, and that are around you. But, uh, but you, so you say, I, I got that, Pastor. I'm just going to tell you right now, listen, I have a workplace. It's called the church. And sometimes I have a hard time doing all of those things. In other words, how many know you can't do all of those things well in your own power? Hello? Like, as much as I try, I try to be gentle, I try to be, you know, patient, I try to be kind, I try to be humble, there is going to be one, two, or five of those areas, all of them, that I fail in many, many times. So how do we do this? How do, how do we bring this uniform, put this uniform on for work every day? I'm so glad that you asked because I want to help you. Col- Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. It goes on to say, we're going to jump down to the end. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So Paul is saying the way that you do this is that you've got to actually put on peace and thankfulness And the only way to put on peace and thankfulness, I want you to go to the last verse uh, in in our passage, Romans chapter 3, verse 13, sorry, verse 14 says this, 
Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Last slide. Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, here's the simplicity of it all. When you wake up in the morning and you're getting ready, here's one. As you're putting your actual clothes on, the spiritual clothes that you're putting on goes like this. Jesus, I'm going to take myself off and I'm going to put you on. Uh, everything that's in me that's wrong, all of the, the, the areas that where I'm not gentle, where I'm not humble, where I'm not patient, where I'm not kind, where I'm not compassionate, I'm taking that off and I'm putting you on. And Jesus, here's the deal. I naturally bend towards all of those other traits that are not what you're asking me to put on as I go to work today. I'm asking you to come and to help me today. I'm putting you on because you're the one that can help me bend towards the traits that I'm supposed to be wearing today, right? How many think this could be a game changer in our jobs? Can you imagine how well-liked you would be if you actually did this every day at work? Can you imagine the promotions that could be coming your way? Can you imagine how you could literally look every day if this is more important than promotions or being well-liked? Can you imagine what they would think of Jesus if you did that every day? Can you imagine they would go, wow, there's a Christ follower who actually lives differently than the rest of us live. It's a game changer. So in closing, let me just give you kind of our power statement of the day that you can write down. Here's what I want you to do when you go to work every day. Clothe yourself properly so you don't look crazy. Clothe yourself properly so you don't look crazy. When you wake up in the morning, put on that spiritual uniform, and I promise you, at your workplace, in your homes, wherever you go, even here in church settings, in your small group that started last week, you will, if you will put these traits on, I promise you, your life is going to change and God is going to make a big difference through your life. Amen?